0: The internet changed everything for sales and marketing. Artificial intelligence is going to change everything again. Welcome to AI for Sales, a show that looks at how artificial intelligence is changing sales. Join noted author, speaker, and AI for Sales expert, Chad Burmeister, as he interviews cutting-edge founders, CEOs, CROs, CMOs, other business executives, and AI experts on the weekly AI for Sales podcast. Join the AI for sales revolution.
1: Hey everybody, Chad Burmeister, CEO of ScaleX.ai and co-founder of SalesClass.ai. I'm here with the Mindset Warrior today. And in sales in 2020, you have to have someone like the Mindset Warrior in your corner or you're not going to be successful in sales, bottom line, end of story. So I met Neil last weekend in Denver, Colorado, up in Winter Park, and we did a three-day intensive where we peeled back the onion, we got to know people, and we got to understand some of the mind hacks, I'll call it, that Neil's figured out over the years, starting with going from I don't know how many pounds in weight Neil used to carry around to what he carries around today. And he's been able to hack through weight loss and he helps hundreds of entrepreneurs change their lives and live a better life. I call it frictionless living. So Neil, welcome to the show. Glad to have you here today. Oh, so excited to be here, Chad. Thank you. Thank you very much. So Neil,
2: I know you're not from Winter Park. So which part of the country are you living in? I live in Indianapolis, Indiana. And for anybody who's listening to this, if they know Carmel, Indiana, Um, if that means anything to them, it's a suburb that my wife and I've here lived here for 10 years now.
1: Outstanding. Well, that's two people in the Indianapolis area that I've talked to today. In fact, Uh, a gentleman is the senior partner marketing manager at Active Campaign. I talked to earlier this morning and uh, he was hired by a CMO at his prior company 10 years ago. She joined Active Campaign and then called them up and said, Eric, could you come work for me? So, that's wow. that's a it's a good area, and that's interesting that I've talked to two people in the same area in the same day.
2: Yeah, familiar with Active Campaign for sure.
1: So yeah, excellent company. So let let's dive in. Um, <clears throat> it seems to me that if if you have a challenge in your home life, then when you go to your work life, you're going to have a challenge there too because these two things, especially in 2020 have overlapped like never before. People may think I'm in a office right here and I'm down the street from my house, 10 miles drive in. It's not the case. If I walk out the door, my family's on the other side. And I have a feeling that a lot of people are living in that similar environment. I don't have a feeling, I know for a fact. And so it's caused this conversation, I think to come to the surface more than ever before <clears throat> what are you seeing when you're working with entrepreneurs and vps and executives now that the home and work are not two separate things they've come together and in many places crashed together
2: what what's a, going on in the world today oh my goodness so much is going on there this is a beautiful question because Previous to, to COVID, when there was some separation of, more separation of work and life, people just naturally assumed that these are different places in my world and they only really come in contact when I'm in one place or I go another. But my dad would say to me, even when I was really young, wherever you go, there you are. And that's what really people are experiencing now is that what COVID has done is it's provided a zero margin event where now we have to choose a new reality and a reaction We don't have the buffer and the walls up that we did between our home life and our work life, and it has caused a substantially more friction in households in the work environment because those things that weren't resolved at home that felt like they were resolved at work were only resolved at work because we were ignoring that part of ourselves, right? We were ignoring that part of ourselves. If you ask those people on their teams and the people around them, those same things are still showing up. They're absolutely showing up. So whenever we get in a place where more emotion and more friction comes in, whatever we need to work on is magnified. And it's been highly magnified in those people's lives right now.
1: So that's the business problem. It's interesting when you shared that with me, I was thinking about Winter Park because my folks own a place and a condo there. Two weeks, three weeks into COVID, I just had to get out of the house. I was like, what's going on? Well, thinking back, that's because usually about every two to three weeks, I'm on a plane and I'm staying at a nice hotel, eating a nice meal, and drinking a a bottle, of uh, not a bottle of scotch, but a glass of scotch, let's say. (laughs) That'd be a different problem. Uh, (laughs) A glass of scotch or a glass of Bud Light for that matter. Um, And then I come back and I'm decompressed and life's good again. And I found three weeks in, I just had to get out of the house. So I went up to the Winter Park condo for a week. And so those two were physical separation now I've gotten to a point where it's like, okay, we've, we've figured out a way to peacefully coexist as a family while the business is working out of the house. And now some of that was done through mindset. Some of it, uh, you just shared something that I thought was fabulous. The four questions that you could ask at dinner of your significant other. Do you, what are, what are those questions? I know I have it in my phone, so I could, I could recite it to you here.
2: (laughs) Right, right. So, so we, we ask each other, what are you grateful for? What are you excited about? What are you up against? And what do you need?
1: And what do you need? I think people for, yeah, most people probably don't have anything like those four questions. And what's interesting is that, that I've been hearing from these kinds of conversations recently is, for every emotion, there's a there's a need that's attached to that emotion. So it feels to me that by asking, what are you excited about? What are you grateful for? What are you up against? And then what do you need? Those three questions get you thinking like, here's the emotion that I'm feeling on this day.
2: And then here's the need I have attached to that emotion. It's absolutely that. And one there are a few things that are operating here within the framework of these questions that, that when I started this with my wife that I wanted to bring up. Number one is is that we're much too focused on political correctness and not emotional correctness. In an emotionally corrected world, we can have disparate views on many, many things, but we can still be very connected because you say to yourself, hey, Neil may not agree with me on this, but he gets me, right? he gets me, he understands me. And as a result of that, we can have a conversation that isn't from our reptilian brain, but then is more intellectual and we can understand one another. And mm-hmm. the other thing that's operating here is, is that we want to understand that in most communication, it's not that it is miscommunication, it's missed communication. Mm-hmm. So much of what, we're, what, what is expressed is not about what we're saying, but it's about all the underlying currents that are there. It's the the iceberg that's underneath the water, right? And we just look at the tip and we go, well, this person is irritated and we react based on that rather than understanding what lies much beneath that and getting underneath that. So there's so much more miscommunication. I see it in business, I see it in personal life. And so these questions are meant to help expose that.
1: Mm. The very first night I did this with my wife, not just a few days ago, what are you excited about? And she said something about work that had happened that day. What are you grateful for? She said you. And I was like, okay, high five. That's a good one. What are you up against? And it was, again, something work related. Um, you know, I got this. And then what do you need? What was interesting about the need part was she brewed on it for a bit. And there was no need at the moment. And then, but but what it caused me to do is go, wait a minute. I actually know your need. It's changing the, the fan upstairs where the cats live in the laundry room because when you turn it on at night, it makes a loud noise. So I'll turn it off at night, Tracy will turn it on and then it's like a back and forth and it causes friction in the life of both of us friction for her because the fans not running friction for me because at 2am it's making a loud noise. And so just by finding that conversation and being in tune with it, this set of questions helps you go through and find Find the gold, right? And then it just self-reinforces this pattern of trust because it's like, yeah,
2: you're finally in tuned with me. And, and it focuses in on some something that gets lost in, in longer-term relationships. Again, even in business or at home, they're both the same. Is that, is that how am I, how can I serve, right? We we might serve our customers, but we don't think about our internal customers and our colleagues. How can I serve? And the the other end of that is how can I receive? Try giving another adult a compliment and it is nearly impossible. I always say it's shunned in three phases, deflection, rejection, or qualification, right? And most people, we as adults, we just, we, we don't even really know how to receive. So that what do you need question gives a dynamic where one person can give and one person can receive and be consciously aware of what is happening at both ends of that question And that's where you can really get some amazing intimacy regardless of where you're operating. Mm. So now that work and life have collided and we're living
1: both under one roof, uh, let's think about some of the other repercussions of that equation. Um, Peloton has grown sales like crazy. I just have mine coming on the way. Obviously these meetings are becoming more and more prevalent, which means I'm sitting in the same chair all day with very little stretching and, and activity, So, I don't know if I've invented this term or somebody else, but I call it the COVID 19 because we've gained 19 pounds on average. So, if you're in that position, you know, it it sounded to me that you'd gone through that many years ago and a, a weight loss transition. How do you? What's the mindset of carrying around, you know, I'm probably, I, I'm 220 right now and an ideal I'm 190, 5'10". So that's a 30 pound variation. Now that's like when I'm training for a half marathon, I'm at 190. Anything from two to 205 is probably ideal for me. So that means I'm 15 pounds over and I can feel it in my face. I see it in my face. I feel it in my energy that I bring to work right by the afternoon. What's the mindset hack for connecting with the need to lose weight, right? Like I, at the, at the moment, if I go ski, I have a a need to do it. I'm going to go on a ski trip in February to Canada. Well, that got canceled. And so now my need, my reason for getting in shape so that I can crush it on the mountain with 48 guys over a course of five days, foomp gone. So now I'm like, okay, well, hmm, do I need to find another thing that causes me for the weight loss? How do you, how do you figure out what that is, right? When, when should you decide that it's important to be in line with that? Or how do you discover it is important to you or not?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, so one of the things that I'm very, very clear on, and uh, anybody can choose to disagree with me, and that's fine. But I know that this is one of the immutable truths of being human and being on this planet is that all of our decisions and the way our cryptocurrency of our body and our brain is is emotions right we sell through emotion we market through emotion yet we claim we make business decisions all completely logically which is which is which is funny to me and so when we think about food food is one of the most emotional things that we have that we possess 70 percent of the neuropeptides Uh, that are produced in the, are not in the brain, they're produced in the gut, right? And so the body becomes uh, the unconscious mind. And we, as we eat, we're fulfilling certain things emotionally, but we also just get addicted to certain things. Think about the first three weeks of any diet. They're all the same. Week one, week two, you're going okay. The third week is a train wreck, wreck usually, and that's where things break down. Your arm hurts. You're having this weird headache. Your heart's racing. Your nose is running. You know what all of that is? That's your body unseating you, literally going like a druggie going, look, at 2.30 every day, we walk down to the candy machine. You get a bag of Doritos and the Snickers. Uh-uh. I, and now all of a sudden, instead of... Operating on guilt and shame like you usually do when you eat this, you want to be happy? No, no, no. I need my thing because the body adapts to whatever set point we give it. And as a result of that, we, we mistake familiarity with health or, or comfort with health. And those two things are not the same, not the same things, mm-hmm. right? So in a COVID situation where there's a lot more stress, people have put on weight simply because their cortisol is up and that puts on weight. And as a result of that, they're eating to satisfy emotional needs, but cortisol is putting it on as fat. So Um, can you put like,
1: for someone like me, who really doesn't have a desire to go chase the 15 pounds, right? You, it seems to me, you kind of have to have that desire before you're going to go actually accomplish it. Um, You know, what, what was the cause when, when, when you lost weight, like what was the mindset where you said, you know what, I want to live seven years longer on the back end of my life, or I want to show up for my family, or maybe if, if you take us through your pattern disruption and why you put, you know, the why behind the what, uh, that might help land with some folks who are listening to the conversation today.
2: So, so my story is, is that I pushed myself really hard. You know, I'm an action taker. I was in a six-figure job with a six-figure bonus, had a sales team, you know, ran a multi-million dollar territory underneath that, and my body was breaking down. And it was, it was happening over time. And I got to a place where I was in bed three to five hours a day. I had 120 symptoms. I had brain fog so thick, I went to the end of my block and I, I didn't know where I was. I felt like I was entering an early onset dementia. So, and nothing traditional medicine was working for me. So being this relentless guy and I couldn't sleep at night, I started finding out that all of these people were actually using their own brain chemistry and the levels of mind and the body to rewire, to, to, to bring your body back into health. And so having 95 more pounds on me, I was like, this is, I have really small kids at the time. And I was like, this is not, This is not a way that I want to live. This is not the way I want to end my life. I have so much more to do. I feel horrible every day. Nothing is wrong with me, right? And this is the challenge that if I'm speaking directly to people here, is like just because you nothing is wrong with you and you feel okay doesn't mean that you have a state of health that's going to sustain your dreams, hopes, and your families long term. And so it's waking up to that idea of ownership of personal health that it needs to be shepherded throughout your whole life, not to a point where you need a pillar procedure and it's too late. And our, our present health system is built as a sickness system, not a wellness system, mm. right? And so for me, I was like, I have got to change this because my quality of life is too important to me. And I want to be like my next door neighbor who had a, one hip go bad, but two weeks after that, he's out riding 20 miles a day again, right? Uh, that's the quality of life that I want. So most people's challenges is are they're just short-sighted on their quarter, on their earnings. But like, if you have all that, it's great. But if you don't have long-term health, you have nothing.
1: That's awesome. I saw the video that Nick Cavuto filmed and part of it was at the fire pit in our backyard. And I was sitting down and I was like, wait a second, that, that's me because I've got this little extra bump down there right now and and it and you don't realize it when you're waking up every day but if you like especially during covid 3:30 to 5:30 i start to get a feeling like ah i'm just what is this do i have right. covid cuz i'm a little more tired than i usually am yeah. and and it's like well no that's not it it's you're carrying around an extra 10 or 20 pounds and and that causes you to not show up in all of your life and and it all I can know is that it's going to progressively get worse over time if you don't do something about it now.
2: Yeah. yeah. So it, that's, that's, that's every amazing. pound of every pound of fat is a, is extra many many uh, feet of blood vessels that your heart has to pump through and all of that. So it's just it, you know and more belly fat means more more insulin resistance. We can go through all the whys, but the why the personal whys that people want to think about at least in my stand my standpoint is is that what kind of quality of life do you have do you want to just be have things in your life that are familiar or comfortable or do you want to be operating in a place where things are amazing and cutting edge in your in your personal and professional life and having a healthful approach to your body and your weight there's just no substitute for that your brain cannot you cannot be as innovative and nimble when your body is out of whack
1: yeah Let's talk for a minute about coaches and mentors. I think up until a year and a half ago, I never really truly seeked out a coach or a mentor. They were there just naturally because maybe it was a boss or a VP that I worked with. But what changed for me is I went to a mindset retreat with Gerhard from selling power. He puts on these mindset retreats and we went to a track in Los Angeles to race, Ferraris and Porsches and other high exotic cars around a track. Well, you're the driver and in the passenger seat, there's an expert who wears a mic and has another helmet on. and by the way, I found out later, has a brake in case you're doing something that's dangerous to yourself or to others. And so they teach you, right? Go around the track, floor it, floor it, floor it, floor it, floor it. And then as a hu- as a natural driver, you're going to start to let off a little. So come corner number one, I'm like letting off. He's like, Mm -hmm. he's coach. No, Chad on the next time around, I need you to floor it all the way to the orange button. And then I need you to break as if your life depended on it, that you're going to hit the wall because don't worry, it's not going to slide out. It's built differently. So I had to rewire my brain for that experience by round six. I'm like, Super fast, and now I realize he's got a break, he's not going to let me. He goes, Act like you're going to crash the wall, go floor it past the orange cone. So I'm like, I'm just flooring. He's giving me permission in these areas, and so I tell that story because coming out of that event, I had challenges with cash flow for my personal life and therefore my business life. I had challenges with marketing, and then I found Nick Cavuto. I had challenges right now I have nine people on my board of advisors who are all people that are like the guy sitting in the, in the front seat. So as a mindset warrior is your nickname and you're, I I love it. Like you're there to help people. How do I know if I'm an executive, how do I know that the mindset warrior and, and just coaching and in general is important and that I should be trying to ask more about it, get involved in Mindset Coach.
2: Yes. So I love to tell this story. It's very short. I'll tell the short version of it, but, you know, many people probably are familiar with it. Walt Disney had this, had this idea for the park and he, and he unfortunately died before the whole park was completed. And his brother actually gave the opening address and many people asked them, well, you know, isn't it sad that he didn't get to see this? And he said, no, not at all. He goes, because he saw it, this is why it's here. He already saw all of this, right? So one of the things that, the, in every company that's been built, big or small, whatever you want to call it, from Apple to, to, to SpaceX, to all of these things that we know, there were an idea in our heads. And we live in the cursed house We need to manage all the hows in the exterior. But anybody who's really built something amazing understands that they need to stop trying to squirrel away external resources just to survive, but thrive from the bounty of within. And that's really where the creative space, where people are motivated from, where ideas come from, where you get up every morning and you see something strategic and you want to be innovative. That's the, the mindset spaces where all of that stuff comes from. And most entrepreneurs come to a place where they have a why, but they come up against things and all they're coming up against are their limiting beliefs. Think about this. This this, this brain right here processes about 40,000 neurons a second. This brain in the back, where all, well, 95% of how you're going to operate in any situation, Chad, is already pre-programmed in the subconscious. We're not conscious beings at will. We're on autopilot. And so just like the cell phone apps in your background that run in the background, we can't swipe all these subroutines in our subconscious closed. So becoming aware and learning how to separate yourself of those subconscious routines is the critical success factor for anybody who's in business, who wants to have a business that satisfies them both monetarily, um, spiritually, and, fi- and, and um personally, right? The, there, there is no other path other than the mindset route.
1: Well, so, uh, you know, I'll just give some kudos to your talk with you and Katie and Jason. I think we're the three people sitting on the fire pit and I'm sitting on the couch. And as a result of that talk, my mind just went to a space where, okay, I've got to do two things. One is write a new book called God-Centered Selling. I knew I needed something, and I've been trying to land on this for probably three to four years. And it's what's over the hill. I know it's for the glory of God, but what for the glory of God? And so we came out as a result of that talk, God-Centered Selling, God-Centered Leadership, God-Centered Company, we'll write the book. And I've got Rich Blakeman, who was the former head of sales for Miller Hyman, the number one company in the world for selling. And he's co-writing the book. And then you attach it to the experience that we just went through in Winter Park and said, okay, now that we're going to do that, what would it take to go buy a five to $10 million house in Beaver Creek? And so that we can have 10 to 20 executives come in every single week and experience those kinds of thought provoking mind hack changes and tra- in the past because of my financial gap i'd been like well that's impossible well now i'm looking at it going well wait there's so many angles to getting there maybe the owner of the house says hey i'm a christian i in fact i saw one of the pictures and they have 25 crosses all over the wall And I was like, wow, I bet you if I approach them and said, hey, I don't have $2 million for a down payment, but I want to make your house the most amazing change agent in the history of the world for the glory of God. Would you mind contributing your house to this effort? And we'll pay you, but it'll be as the operating expenses come in to cover the cost of the house. That's one angle, right? Then you could go do a capital rate. There's, There's dozens of different ways to achieve it if you can only dream it. And and that's what the beauty of these events are, one-on-one sessions with folks like yourself. So man, I got to tell you, high five to everything that you do for the world.
2: I appreciate it, brother. And likewise, it's completely blown up by spending a weekend with you and your, your energy is just infectious. I mean, you just have a, such a zest for people and life and possibility. And those are the kinds of things that I've been, Visualizing that I've been asking the universe and God for, and it just it shows up, and it just it shows over and over. Where you place your awareness is where your energy and your and your options and your things materialize. And so I just appreciate you so much. Yeah,
1: man. Just like when you're looking for a new car, everybody all of a sudden has that same car you're looking for, right? So oh oh oh,
2: you're 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 going in the brain the brain warrior territory now. I give a whole segment about that because that shows how much we're tuning out, right? And we were tuning out possibility. So how do you become more aware of possibility? Your brain is purposely limiting stimulus based on previous thoughts that you have. That phenomenon that you're talking about, there's a thing in your brain called the reticular activating system that actively filters out stuff until you place your awareness on it. Wow, so So let's do this.
1: Katie mentioned the idea of an offer. And so I've now been actually dropping an offer in podcasts that I do. Right. I think some people might look at, well, this mindset concept, what's that going to cost me? Two thousand dollars a month, ten thousand dollars a month. What I've seen from working with mindset professionals is, hey, let's just have a conversation for 30 minutes and explore what possibilities there are. Is that kind of how you typically operate? Hey, if somebody's watching this podcast, they see the webinar, how would they get in touch with you and what would you recommend as a next step?
2: Right. So easily I'm um, at, you know, Instagram, I'm at at the so I'm the Brain Warrior on Instagram, or it's just Neil N-E-A-L at the BrainWarrior.com. And that's same as my web address. Any of those routes you can get a hold of me. And my my ask is simple. As I get people on a call, I just sit and listen to okay, what it is that they what they want. We need some actionable goals uh, about what it is um, that they want to accomplish. Is that something that's in my skill set that I feel like I can effectuate for them right and help open up a possibility for them and then there are sort of three basic principles one is most people say they want change but they but I'll just being frank here they're not really conscious or willing to do the work right I do I don't do anything I, I any coach that tells you I change someone that's completely incorrect I'm sorry to say all I do is I provide openness, possibility. I teach people how to think and I hold a space for them so that they, so they can produce the results themselves. The second is is that um, I'm going to love on you, speak to you and, and, talk, and ask you to do things that you haven't done before and you need to be open to do those things. And the third thing that is my thing is like, I am not a coach who's going to sit and listen to about what happened in the past. Everything that we need to work on is happening to us in this moment. I'm going to build you a new new frame of reference, a new, a new center of, of positivity where you can see where the magic and the miracles happen for you here and now. But if you want somebody to just like baby you through all the things that have happened and talk through those things, that's just not how That's a very long road. And that's just not me.
1: That's more sounds like a psychologist or a, uh, or a shrink. And, and that's not what we're here to do. We're here to transform the mind from the here and now to the future.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm here to take people out of anxiety, into flow, teach them a master their internal world so their external world is simple.
1: Outstanding. Yeah. Well, Neil, the brain warrior, great to have you here. You've changed my life in many ways, My not to mention my conversation with my wife at the dinner table every night. I think that's going to pull the alignment in like never before. And um, in fact, tonight, I'm going to a, a bar with a bunch of people to help support a high school friend who owns the bar. And before the alignment questions started at the table, we were like, well, yeah, it's a guy's thing. And then a couple of people started saying, well, can I bring my wife? And I was like, "Uh, yeah, duh. Why Why didn't I invite Tracy tonight? So it starts with the simplest of intentions and uh, you can make massive changes in your life with, with just a
2: little bit of help from someone like the Mindset Warrior. So great to have you. Yeah. Yeah. And it pays to have somebody who is so open and leaves himself open to suggestion. And that's one of the things I just, I I really admire about you, brother. You're very open to suggestion, So kudos to you.
1: All right, man. Well, thanks everybody for joining today. Remember your work and your house have now become the same thing. So this is more important than ever. And even when we go back to the physical world, I have a feeling that 70% or 90% or 50%, some level of your work is going to be done at home into the future. So this is something that's just so important. If you haven't talked to a mindset expert before, talk to Neil, I guarantee you, you will enjoy the conversation. All right, everybody, catch you on the next one. Thank you for your time. We are out. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c Radio. Thank you for
0: listening to another episode of the AI for Sales Podcast with Chad Burmeister. As we advance into the future, we promise to bring you the resources you need to navigate the ever-changing landscape of sales, to help you 5X, 10X, or even 100X your sales motion, sales velocity through artificial intelligence. To access the show notes or leave a review, visit www.scalex.ai. Until next time.